I'm going to start in verse 10. It says, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, and ye burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. And, you know, we've been talking about giving in, in these in the last several weeks. And, you know, in verses 10 and 11, we see that there was a desire to give here in the church at Corinth. There was a desire there. And, you know, there was a desire to do something for the Lord. And any of us that have been saved for any period of time know that if, if we've got a desire to grow in our relationship with the Lord, that there's going to come a point in time where he's going to, he's going to direct us to do something. He's going to direct us to, to, to do something for him. And, you know, he moves upon us to do service for him so that we can grow. And, you know, once we know that God is telling us to do something, we need a purpose to do it as best we can. I mean, you know, once, we, once we're sure that he's gotten us to do something, we need to do it. And we need to, do, we need to continue to do it until he tells us not to. You know, and we see in verse 10, that's what Paul's telling us here. The church, they had started, they had made a, they'd made a kind of a, uh, I don't know, a promise maybe to begin to give to this offering, and then some things happened. You know, there were, and we've talked about those things that happened in the church at the time, and it's kind of delayed that. And Paul's coming back to them now and saying, look, you made a, kind of made a commitment here, or you've made a promise, and now you need to carry forward with what the Lord's directed you to initially to do. You know, we need to do the same thing. And in verse 10, the work was started. And you see in verse 11, he gives us some guidance that's being given to perform and complete what was started. I liked what J. Vernon McGee, I like, he, you know, he's real serious a lot, but there's times where he kind of, he puts things in that I just have to smile, you know, when he says these things. And, but at the same time, they've always got a meaning. They've always got a purpose for what he's saying. And he said here, he used the word pledge when he was talking about these verses, and I thought it was kind of interesting, kind of made me think, because, you know, in, the Corinthians had made a promise to give, and that, like I said, that giving had been interrupted. But, you know, he, uh, he, he talked about that how a lot of times, or, you know, in today's world, we, we, maybe we don't use the word pledge, but we make commitments. We make commitments to pay, okay, on a lot of things. I mean, whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's a, I mean, it could be a refrigerator or whatever, right? And, you know, his, his comment was, well, you know, if we can make a pledge to do that, we can surely sign on the dotted line to do God's work for him, so, which I thought, that was kind of, I thought that was kind of something to think about. But the Corinthians had made a promise, and, and that giving was interrupted, but we've got to make sure that, again, if he moves upon us to do something, and we know it's him telling us once we start to do it, we need to keep doing it until, until he tells us to do something otherwise or just keep right on going. So... You know, I think that's what Paul's trying to give us some guidance there on. And when we go on down here to verse 12 and 14, I'm going to read 12, and 14, 12, 13, and 14 again. He says, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, 
and ye burden, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. You know, and I thought about the words willing mind that he used, that he used for us here. You know, that's really a disposition to give. It's a heartfelt desire to want to give. You know, if we've got, a, we've got a willing mind to do something, I mean, there's something there that's moving within us. It's the Lord. It's moving within us to do something. And the Bible teaches us that God doesn't look on the, on the outside of man. Okay, we all know this. He looks on the heart. And when we're talking about a willing mind, you know, if we've got a willing mind, we first had a willing heart. I mean, it's going to start in our heart if we're going to have a willingness to do something for the Lord. That's where it's going to come from. And the, like I said, there, these, uh, you know, there's probably folks that give large amounts of money and things like that to the church and stuff. God doesn't necessarily look on that, as on the dollar amount of what's being given. God's looking at, he's looking at the person's heart that's given it. That's what he's looking on. I mean, that's, that's really what he's looking at. And, he, he, you know, men may be impressed with things like that, but God's not necessarily impressed. If it's not coming from the heart, God's not really going to be impressed with it. But God's looking at the willingness and the largeness of the heart of the giver, okay, not because of the largest of the gift. You know, and aren't you glad that that's what he looks at? Aren't you glad that, you know, when you think about the Lord... The way he looks at things, he looks at things with an with a absolute pure righteousness. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no weight given to, you know, to, to somebody here or somebody there. It's, it's all looking. He's looking purely and holy and in pure righteousness at each and everything, each and every one of us, at what we're doing. He knows what we're doing. What, you know, it doesn't matter if we're trying to impress people or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. God knows what our purpose is. But I think it's a privilege. I mean, I'd be honest with you. I mean, he looks on every part of us with pure righteousness. He knows, and here's, here's the thing. He knows what each of our abilities are. You know, everybody's got different abilities. You know, everybody, everybody's blessed with different things. But we've all got a certain amount of ability. And the Lord knows exactly what our ability is. And he's never going to ask us to do something that's, that's over and above the ability that he knows that we have. He's never going to do that. He's going he's to equip us now, okay, to do the things he wants us to do, but he's never going to ask us to do more than what's above our ability to do, never. But I don't know about you, y'all don't seem too excited about that, but I thought that was pretty good myself. But anyway, so God's reward is based upon our ability and by the spirit that dwells in our heart. He, like I said, he's never going to demand more than what we're able to give to him. He's not, he doesn't, that's not how God works. That's not how he works. So I think it's, it's said in the verse, it's accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. He knows exactly what we're all able, you know, what we're all able to do. So then we get to verse 13. And, this, and he makes this point again. He says, I mean not that other men be eased and ye burdened. So God doesn't expect some to be burdened with excess giving because others aren't given to their ability. That's, again, that's not what he knows exactly, you know, what expectations are he's going to put on each of us. And in verse 14, we're told that God's plan is for equality of giving. You know, the Corinthians, they were to give to their ability. They weren't to give just because they had a lot. They weren't to give to the point that they put themselves in poverty. 
If they'd have done that, then they wouldn't have been in just as bad a shape as what the Jerusalem church was at the time, what they were taking the offering up for. I mean, God knew what they were able to give, and that's all he was asking them to do was give to their ability. You know? So, in, uh, let's see. So we're talking, you know, talking within the church. The church, the body of believers, we know is likened to what? It's likened to the human body. You know, and you think about this when it comes to, to, to giving. Each member has a part. You know, you think that's why God's called us to worship where he's called us to worship at. He knows. I don't know what the needs are. Tom, I mean, Tom, Josh, Greg, the board, don't necessarily know what the needs are. God knows what the needs are in the church, okay? Now, we know, we know visually, okay, short-term, long-term. I'm not telling you we don't have any kind of, like, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, vision. It's not what I'm saying. But God knows exactly what he's doing. He's bringing people together here because he knows who needs to be brought together to accomplish what he's wanting to do here. I mean, so each member has a part. You know, when you look at our church, I just thought, I thought about this a couple weeks ago when I was studying. It says, um, you think how he's placed all of us here at RGT. Some folks have been here for a long time, okay? Some folks have been here for a short time. Okay, but God's plan is for each of us to give to our ability, and when all of us do this, the church will be financially supported, and it'll be able, here's the key, and we'll be able to financially support the ministries outside the church to further the gospel. I mean, when you think about it, you say, you know, like we talked about last week, giving is not just a process. We don't just give for the sake of giving, okay, or we shouldn't. We're giving for a purpose. We're given to further the gospel. That's why we're given. So, um, and you, I just had to stop and think how, what, just how amazing it is what God's done. You know, I mean, Lori and I, we've gone here, I don't know, 20-some, I don't know, 20-some years maybe? I don't know. I'll lose track of time. But anyway, but even before us, way before we started coming here to the little church down the road, I mean, there were people long before the construction started. You think about it, and I, I texted Steve. I was talking to him back and forth a while back about this. And, you know, when construction started, I think it was sometime, he, he thought, too, he checked, like spring of 2017, okay? And we got in, the, in this new building in June of 2019. But before all of that, I mean, we're talking years prior, years and years prior to that, there was a vision that God put in men's hearts that to, to have a church, to have another church, to build a church. I mean, you think about that. That kind of stuff just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen, okay? I mean, in his plan, he put people, some of these, you know, some of the folks that were, that were here when, this, when the project started and after we even got in here, they're not here with us anymore. But you know what? God, he brought them in for a purpose, and he's moved them on according to his purpose. And he's brought others in. But, I mean, I don't... It's just, to me, it's amazing because we didn't do it. Man didn't do it. God did it, you know? Now, God's got, I mean, man's got to do his part, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, you think about that. Um, and all the things that go on now, I mean, the, the, the giving that's continuing to support the building, not just the building, but, again, to support, you know, I, I thought about this as being like a, a base camp, if you want to think about it, you know? And I don't want to belittle the church, you know, but... It's really what it is. I mean, we're coming here to worship the Lord first and foremost, but also it's the center point 
for us to do outreach and, and to spread the gospel. I mean, just like the Good News Club and, and going out and trying to get folks to come in and, and, and uh, you know, come to church, visitation. Whatever the action is, it's, this, is the, this is the source. We've got to have a body of folks coming together someplace in order to do God's work. So he's blessed us with that. He's truly blessed us with that. That's right. I mean, in, in, you know, I think sometimes we fail, I think, to think about and realize maybe we don't necessarily see, to your point, Gail, what maybe the, what we're given. But, I mean, I, I think we can see that if we look a little bit. I mean, because we can see it. I mean, just the things that I just mentioned. I mean, the, the ministries that are going on and the money that, you know, we're, we're blessed to be able to give money to other ministries and still support our church and still support all the things that, that we're trying, that God wants us to do here. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing thing, I think, um, how he has just, and it's all because he brings people together. You know, it's not chance that we're here, you know? I mean, so. So, in verse 15... When you think about all this, in verse 15, I want you to look at, at what God reminds us here of. And I think it's interesting because Paul uses this to kind of give us, I think, a good little, just kind of like a, maybe a mind jog. And really, not only just that, but really just why we give and why we should give, okay, if that makes sense. But he's taking us back in verse 15 to the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness, and there's a key point here, I think, for us to grasp in this. So if, I'm going to turn back to Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. And this is what it says. Exodus 16, verse 15, it says, And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man. Listen to what it says here. According to the number of your persons, take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. Did you catch that? Some more, some less. And then it goes on and he says, And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. You know, and you think that's the key. Some gathered more, some gathered less, but it was all brought together and it was all measured out so that everybody had the amount needed for their family. Okay, now we can, you know, I, you all may disagree with me, but I think we can look at this same concept as what Paul's trying to show us here, I think, is the fact that we all do our part God's going to take care of everything being met. Okay? He's going to take care of that. I mean, he's, he's going to take care of it. But it was all brought together and measured out, and everybody had the amount they needed. And, you know, to me, he's correlating this for us to focus on ability. Because when I was reading those verses, you think, I'm sure there were folks that maybe because of age, maybe because of health issues, they weren't able to go out and gather what they needed together for their family. But because others had the ability to go out and gather more, everybody was, it was all shared and it was all, it was brought out in whole. So, um, the same applies, I think, for us today. God's given us all, we've all got ability, okay? I mean, now granted, I know there's some folks that are, that are physically challenged, okay? But let's, let's say kind of broad range, okay? God's blessed all of us 
with ability to do something. You know, however, whatever that means, skills to work, skills to earn income, skills to provide for ourselves and for our families, whatever that, however that means. But it's all based on, it all comes back to, to ability. He knows what our ability is because he's the one that's given it to us. Okay? And so we're to give back to God in the same fashion. Based on the way that he's given us ability to earn, we're to, give the ability, we're, we're to share that ability and give it back to him. I mean, that's exactly me. That's exactly what Paul's trying to tell us here. So, And as I was looking at this, I, I kind of thought about, I thought about the, uh, the word storehouse. And I couldn't get away from that. And, and I thought how that he, everybody that God has brought here, he's brought us together for his purpose. Okay, and, you know, I think that, that we're the first to give our, you know, number one, we're to give our financial support, I think, and Tom and Josh can chime in here, give their opinion if I'm wrong, but I think we belong to a church. I think our financial support should come to our home church first. I mean, I just think that's how we should do it, you know, and that's, that's your all's personal business, but, um, but I think that's what God wants us to do. I mean, he brought us here. He wants us to support our home church, I think. But um, his desire is to bless each church that's seeking to, to do God's work, you know, to do God's direction to what? Like I said earlier, to fulfill the Great Commission. I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why he's brought us together. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, this is what it says. It says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat, in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, Tom, I don't know about you, but I think he's poured out quite a blessing here at Roxalana, I tell you. And he continues to. I mean, you know, and I'm not bragging on people. I'm bragging on him. I'm bragging on the Lord. I mean, he's, he's, he's doing a great work, and he's just asking us to, to be obedient and join in the work with him. That's what he wants. I mean, what what a privilege. I mean, what a privilege. I mean, you think. I mean, it's an honor that he he wants us to take part in serving him. I mean, it truly is. So his desire is to pour out a blessing on a body of obedient believers. That's I mean, that's what he wants to do. And a blessing, to me, the blessing is in the form of fruitful service for him. That's what he wants. That's exactly what he wants from us. So, so if we go back, if we go back to, I didn't keep my spot, but I'm going to go back to Exodus 16 because there's a point here I want to make. Let me find that again. I read down through 18, okay? But look at verse 19, what, what Moses, what God told Moses to tell them and what they did. Verse 19, it says, And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. And in verse 20, this is what it said, Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And you say, what's that got to do with what we're talking about? Well, they were only supposed to keep what was needed for their family. Right? They were only supposed to keep what basically what God said they needed to provide for their family. They were to give the rest to others. And for those that didn't listen, like I said, the excess rotted and it ruined 
and it couldn't be used. You know, and you think about, there's verses that we, we read and we think about lost folks in the Bible. But let me just read Matthew chapter 16. I want us to think about this for a minute. There's a couple of verses in Matthew I want to read. But Matthew 16, I think it's verse 1, verse 26. It says this. And again, we think about this is in terms of folks that are lost, or at least I think that's a lot of times that we, that we read this verse. And it says, for what, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, and we always think about folks that are lost, which is, which is true when we think about this. But think about it, you know, in terms of how God has blessed us, okay, as believers. And if we choose not to give as he's blessed us, I mean, there could be, we're not really doing the things that he wants us to do, right? I mean, we're not handling the blessings, the, the money, if we want to call it that. I mean, I'll just call it that that he's given us, we're not doing it and not managing it in terms of how he's directing us to do so. Because if you turn to Matthew 6, and I'm trying to tie this into to what I just read in Exodus, if it makes sense, but maybe Matthew 6 will make a little bit more sense. Matthew 6, verse 19 says this, Lay not up, yourself, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. I mean, what did he tell them about the manna? If they tried to keep too much of it, it ruined. You know, and I think too, you know, as, as us as people, okay, fleshly folks, if we're trying to keep back from God what he wants us to give, I mean, it could be the fact that we may have issues because of that. You know what I mean? I mean, we could. And then I'll... Well, I think, I mean, true, but, I, you know, maybe you all disagree with me, but I think all of these are what I would call, these are all opportunities that God's given to us. That's the way I look at it. I mean, we can call it whether it's money, whether it's talents, whether it's ability. God's given it all to us as an opportunity to use it for his glory, right? I mean, that's really what he, that's all he's asking. He's just asking us to, to take what he's blessed us with whatever that means, well, all those things, I would say all those things, and use them, give them back, and use them in the use to further his, to further his work. That's what he wants. That's all he's asking. And I mean, and again, he's not asking us to give everything. He's just asking us to give part. So <laughs> when you think about that, I think, man, he only wants, you know, at a, at a baseline, okay, I'm not going to, Hear me out here, but a baseline, you think about it, he's only, he only wants initially 10%. Man, I mean, how in the world could I, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Why would I want to keep, think I got to keep 90% and not give him more than 10 if he's blessed me enough to be able to do that? Now, everybody's situation's different, okay? I'm not, y'all's awful quiet this morning. I, I, maybe we've got to move on out of another chapter or something, but y'all's awful quiet. But anyway, I'm just trying to teach as best I can, so. Tom, correct me if, I, if I'm out of line here. But, but here's, here's the thing. You know, the, the verse I read in, in uh, chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 19, 
Here's what, I think it was Oliver Green I read, he, he had this in his commentary, it said, What shall a Christian profit if he gathers much and gives little? You know, and I kind of thought about that. I thought, you know, what, what good does it do if God's blessing me, and I mean across the board, not just money, I'm talking about good health, opportunities, time, talent, what little bit of, I don't have much talent when it comes to that, I shouldn't use the word talent, but ability to get up and go for him. Let's just put it that way. What good does it do for him to give me that if I don't exercise that? If I don't, if I don't in some way try to give a little bit of something back to him and doing a little bit of something for him. I mean, to me, that's what it all comes down to. I do. I do. I do. And I mean, and I think the Bible teaches that those that have a, a God-given talent and they don't use it, that they can lose it. So. That's right. It's, you know, as I, as I study a lot of these things, you know, I think it, it, it's heavy. I mean, there, there's a lot of heaviness to what God wants from us, but at the same time, he's given us enough blessings and enough, and enough grace and love that we can, hand, we can do what he wants. I mean, you know, I mean, sure, it's heavy. There's some responsibility. There's some accountability. I mean, but there's responsibility and accountability with us just living a life that we're supposed to live, right? I mean, everybody's got accountability. If you don't have any accountability and responsibility, well, you got to have it. <laughs> I'll just put it that way, okay? If you don't have it, you're in bad shape. So, But anyway, that's all he's wanting. I mean, he's the one that's giving it to us. So, Anyway, so like the manna, our wealth ought to be used in the service of the Lord, whatever whatever that word wealth means So, to you. so. But Any comments on that? I think it would be scary for all of us, actually. I mean, I really do. I mean, even not even thinking about just folks that are, you know, poor, poverty, needy. I mean, number one, the greatest need for get the people to realize they need the Lord. I mean, that's the greatest, I mean, when it comes right down to it. And you think in our country that all the blessings, and our country's probably, at this point in time, I would say probably least interested in that of all things, which is really sad. But that's the greatest need. I mean, I think that's, I mean, it's of utmost importance. And, you know, I mean, I know it goes without saying, but all these things that we see, I mean, to me, it just drives the point home how important it is that we work to try to communicate with folks, to try to get the word to them, invite them to church. I mean, just whatever we can do to open their mind a little bit or open their, their eyes that, you know what, that's the wrong course. I mean, the way you're thinking is it, that's not what God says. I mean, and there's a lot of folks that don't have a clue. There's a lot of people that don't have a clue out there. You know, I mean, I, I, I get, I'm guilty of thinking, well, you know, those people ought to be in church. That's not my place to pass judgment on them. You know what I mean? I mean, my, I'm, because I've, I have been in church long enough, I've been taught. There's a lot of folks that don't have the baseline. They don't have the foundation you know, I mean, that's, that's why he's got us. That's why he's got us. We're supposed to get out and witness to folks and help people understand that, 
They need him. There, there's a better way to live. Not only that, most importantly, when we all die, we need to be ready to meet him. And, and people, just don't, people just don't understand that. There's a lot of people that don't. But, yep, yep. I was there one day. I was there, so. All right. Okay. Let's move on. If nobody has any other comments, we'll go to... And, it, and I didn't get that when I first got saved, okay? And I don't know that every, anybody does. Now, maybe some people got it right off the bat, but I didn't. But that's why we're to grow, right? And then I think it gets back to that. I mentioned, what, the willing mind and the desire. I mean, if we don't, he's given us. I, I thought about as I studied this, I thought, you know, I just take for granted that I have what I have. I mean, I think we do, but... I mean, it's, and I don't mean that. I mean, I know God has given it to us, okay? But I don't think on the fact enough that the reason he's given it to us is to, in turn, give it back to him. You know, and I'm not saying we go out and we, and we, and we go into poverty to do, well, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, where's our desire at? Where's our first love, like you said, Josh? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, we can be dedicated to coming to church, but, I mean, he's called all of us to do something else besides just show up. Tom, am I wrong? I mean, I mean, you know, there's much more to it than just showing up. So, But, you know, I didn't, I didn't always know that. I didn't get that when I first got saved. I didn't get it. So, but, anyway. A little bit off topic, but not necessarily. So, all right. Verse 16. We've got a few more minutes. No, maybe not. Maybe I'll just stop there. I'll stop there.